Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, good morning, Life Change Church, and welcome. We are excited that you are with us this morning. If you're tuning in live, we're glad that you are with us as well. We're continuing our series, uh, Stories. If you've been with us uh, for more than a year, you know that we do this series every summer. Um, and the reason we do it is it's an opportunity for the people of Life Change to hear stories of the people of Life Change and how God has worked in their lives. You know, the scriptures tell us we're to share our story and to share what God has done. Um, the theme uh, scripture for the series comes from Psalm 71, and it says this. It's verse 15 through 18. So if you have U version, you can go there. If not, download it. But Psalm 71, 15 through 18 says, My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness. Yours alone, O God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, O God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation and your power to all that come. Last week we got to hear the Lindner story. This year or this week we're going to hear the E step. So with that, please welcome Justin and Rebecca. Guys, thanks for being willing to share your story. I'm excited that you're with us this morning, so I guess let's just jump right in. Rebecca, why don't you start with early life and kind of tell us what growing up was like for you? Um, so I was actually born in Colorado. Uh, my family moved to Ohio, to Alexandria, where my mom is from, um, when I was pretty young, like a year and a half. So I actually have not been back to Colorado since then. Um, got that on my list of things to do someday, but um, so I pretty much grew up in Ohio, um, uh, grew up in a Christian home. Um, we were kind of back and forth, Alexandria, Johnstown area, most of my early childhood. Um, we moved to Newark when I was in seventh grade, um, and I started at Wilson Middle School. Um, I then went to Newark High School and graduated from there in 1998. Um, I have three brothers that I grew up with, uh, two older brothers, Michael and Matt, and a younger brother, Mark. Um, that's about it for the early childhood years, I guess. So, Cool. Justin, what about you? What was childhood like for you? I, uh, I, I grew up in Buckeye Lake until um, about the third grade, and then we moved to Zanesville for a couple years, came back to Newark. My dad opened up a restaurant uh, and have lived in Newark ever since. I have four brothers and a sister, two older brothers, uh, Jason and Sean, an older sister, Carrie, and two younger brothers, Jordan and Jesse. Uh, I grew up, my mom was very faithful. My dad was not. Um, since then, that's obviously changed, which is which is awesome. But we'd go to church once a year, Easter. My dad would wear a suit. It, it seemed like every time we'd go, they would talk about trying to raise hundreds of thousands of dollars to build something. My dad would say, I told you so. He thought the church was a, a mafia or something. Um, he really did. 
so it was it was uncomfortable, but we always got to look forward to eating at TJ's as a family after that one time. I remember that. So, but uh, no, uh, I had an awesome upbringing, loving parents. Uh, you know, worked hard. I always uh, worked in my father's restaurant since I was 12 until uh, about my senior year of high school, and then I worked at Clark's Dining Room in Jacktown on the weekends, all day Saturday and Sunday. So. I worked all the time since I was 12 to today. But still grinding. Still grinding, yep. Yeah, so cool. So not raised in church, uh, but dad, I could, one of the things that stood out to me when we were talking is dad still pushed you, do right, do right, do right, do right. Yeah, my dad was a, a workaholic. I mean, he owned a business, so he wasn't there a lot. Uh, he struggled with alcohol addiction. Uh, he drank a bottle of rum a day, I remember, because I used to make them for him. He said I was the best at making rum and Cokes. Um, it, but he never, he was never abusive. I never noticed that. I think he was a, a functioning alcoholic. I thought everybody drank rum and Cokes all day when I was a kid. Uh, my mom, you know, worked all the time. We at one point had a live-in nanny when we were younger to help out. Uh, it didn't work out real well. It was in the 80s and she used to bring her boyfriends over and stuff, so my parents weren't real fond of that. Uh, but I'll never forget them times. Uh, you know, my dad would come home super late. I, I could always tell when he was home because I know this sounds weird, but I could I could smell him. I could smell the alcohol. Um, he was a chef, so I could smell the, the food on him. And every night he would come home, and I would be asleep. And I remember he'd come home and rubber backs and um, just let us know that, that he was home and uh, there to protect us, I guess, so. But, yep. So, not really growing up in the church, how do you end up getting to church? Share a little bit of your salvation story. Sure. And then something really special happened the first time you went to church. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so we, as I said, we went to church maybe a couple times a year. Um, my eighth grade year, I, I wasn't a bad kid, but I started hanging out with some, some kids in the neighborhood and, you know, just running around and egging cars and nothing bad. I never never drank or smoked because my dad told me not to. Um, and that's another thing. I grew up with my dad, you know, his words were, don't do as I do, do as I say, um, which I know doesn't work in today's standards, but I had so much respect for my dad and I never wanted to let him down. So I always did what he said. Um, and that's why I got the work ethic from him and, you know, wanted to, to work hard. But I was eating dinner with my family and uh, there was a knock at the door, and my mom opens it, and it's this whole group of kids and uh, a youth pastor named James um, from First Baptist Church of Heath. Um, don't know why they chose us or me or my brother, my older brother, but they came in, um, sat down and fellowshiped with us. I remember I was sitting there eating chicken nuggets and drinking Kool-Aid, but uh, they told us about church and, um, you know, how when school's canceled, they go on you know, they go sledding, they'll come pick us up, and they have this this group. Um, in the wintertime, they go to Jewett, Ohio, um, for a camp called Faith Ranch. It's a weekend long. Um, you stay in these old farmhouses and do cowboy breakfasts and church up on the up on the hill. So it intrigued me, um, you know, just the effort that they put into it, that I, I ended up going to church. Uh, I think my mom drove us the first time, my older brother Jason and I, and we went up to the, we got there early, so they were having drama practice, 
And I remember sitting there, and I was a little out of my element. I had long hair and a skateboard, and you know everybody was dressed a little nicer than I was. But uh, I saw this 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 young lady with long blonde hair, and uh, she was beautiful. Like immediately, I've never had that attraction towards a towards a you know a young lady, and uh, it was Rebecca. <laughs> so um, I I wouldn't say I fell in love with her, but I was just she looked totally different than anybody else and her smile and her hair and she was she was nice i don't know she just she was beautiful yeah just captured yeah i just i was i I don't know i was just super sunk in right there i was like i was like i'm gonna date this girl for sure never really had a real girlfriend but i knew she was gonna be my first and my last i guess So. so then what happens? How do you end up finding Christ? Tell This is a yeah, pretty so, cool story. I uh, started going to church. Um, had some troubles getting there, so I'd ride my bike from, from uh, you know, Grant, like Granville Street off 2nd and Selby, if you're familiar with Newark, all the way to uh, First Baptist Church off Heath on 30th. So it was a good ride. Um, but I had, there were some, some uh, older kids in the youth group I think they were juniors or seniors when I was in the eighth grade. Uh, it was Jamie and Jason. They would come and get me, take me home. They never would tell me no. They were always there for everybody. And that was a big part um, that I was telling Daryl that it was the first place I went where I felt like I people were nice. They I, they didn't make fun of me for having long hair and you know skateboarding and playing drums. Like I I never did the sports thing because I I worked all the time so I. I couldn't dedicate, you know, um, any any time to sports, but I always uh, would try to find time to go to Wednesday night youth group. But the cool thing is, um, they introduced me to this band called Audio Adrenaline. Uh, I was not into Christian music at that point. Is when you had the the CD companies that you could pay like ten cents and get four thousand CDs, and then put your dad's credit card in to keep paying the monthly payment. But uh, so I, I would get all the, the Panteras and stuff of the days and Nirvanas and, um, you know, all the good music back then. But uh, they introduced me to this Christian band, Audio Drilling, and I remember it was not my style per se, uh, but they had a couple songs, Big House, uh, We're a Band, Scum Sweetheart, um, all their songs. I love them. But uh, they invited me to go to a concert. I think they paid for it. Uh, it was on a school day. So my parents actually let me get out, and we went to uh, the King's Place in Reynoldsburg. It's right off 70, and we tailgated all day. Everybody was grilling out, um, and again, I, I I haven't been around people that I felt comfortable with, per se, that would talk to me and compliment my long, greasy hair, and th- yeah, I just, I thought it was cool, so uh, we stayed outside all day and got to go inside, and it was actually one of my first first real concerts. Um, but I remember Audio Drilling, they didn't have an opening band. They, this was in 1994, so they just came out with Don't Censor Me. Um, and that, you know, was their, their CD that put them on the map. But uh, went to the concert, uh, saw Audio Drilling. I had goosebumps the whole time. Like, it was it was amazing experience seeing Mark Stewart in a band. Um, I just i have never seen somebody, like, witness through music ever. I've heard it. But just seeing that that band up there and their passion for Christ, which I didn't have a relationship with yet, but I knew I knew I was missing something. I really did, and I knew I wanted what everybody else in there had. Um, so after the concert, they opened up the floor. 
Um, I think I wanted to go backstage to meet the band, but I ended up going back here and getting saved. I didn't get to meet the band, but I gave my life to Christ that night, um, bought the CD or got another CD, and I remember coming home and my, my parents were asleep, and I, I laid in my waterbed and listened to the CD play over and over again, and uh, that, that it changed, changed my life forever. One, one rock concert, you know, God working through music changed my life forever, so... Cool. It's yeah. not show and tell, so yeah. Yeah. So it's not show and tell, so we're not gonna show the chest tap, but audio adrenaline, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean literally changed your life, man. <clears throat> Rebecca, you did grow up in a in a Christian home. What was your experience like? Talk about faith in your life. Um, so I got saved at a very young age. I was very, you know, you're as a child, you're very impressionable. So everything that my parents, my entire childhood, everything that my parents taught us uh, that we are, you know, this is how it is. This is what we believe. Um, so when I was about five, I got saved. Um, and my dad was in the ministry. So he actually baptized me when I was like nine and a half. Um, and then when I became a teenager, um, I started doubting my salvation. I'm like, you know, I was really young. Like, I hardly even remember praying that prayer. And I, I was getting really nervous. And I told my best friend, I'm like, she was a really strong Christian. Um, I said, what, I said, what if I'm not really saved? Like, I'm getting really scared. She goes, well, then just pray the prayer again. And, you know, from your heart. And you won't, won't forget doing it this time. You're old enough. So um, I did it again. And I was kind of worried back then. I remember about, like, is it a big deal that I already got baptized, you know? And so that was something I kind of struggled with, but um, I was, you know, at peace after that. Um, so yeah, I got saved and the youth group um, from like, we, I think we could join youth group in like seventh grade at Heath um, was a really big part of my life. Like I had a lot of friends there that um, I didn't necessarily have at school the move to Newark was really hard coming from a small school, Northridge, to a district that was so much bigger. Um, also, just a side note, Greg Huffman was my elementary school principal at Northridge. So we go way back, and he knows my brothers and my family. So we're all connected. It's pretty cool. Um, so... Yeah, so the, I, I had a really hard time making friends when we moved to Newark. So um, I actually had a friend that I knew from church, um, and she went to Wilson, and she was so excited that I was coming there when I told her we were moving to Newark. And I got there the first day at Wilson. I'm like, great, I already know someone because I was super shy, super quiet. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to make new friends because I just kind of had my tight-knit, like really small group of a couple friends at Northridge. And I got to Wilson the first day, and she totally turned her back on me. She did not talk to me. Didn't She was way better than me. So that was a really hard transition. Oh, but I finally found my group there. And then um, when I went to the high school, I got a lot more friends from other middle schools and stuff. So that was pretty cool. But I would say my closest friends were from youth group. And that was a really big part of just growing up and um, just a super important thing, and that's how, you know, I got I always got to do stuff. My dad was super strict, but, of course, if we were doing stuff with church, with the youth group, it was okay. So I was like, well, that's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Cool. So stayed connected to church all the way up. <clears throat> Justin already shared that the first time he went to church, 
completely captivated, right? So tell us what dating looked like for you guys. Um, like I said, my dad was really strict, so there was absolutely no, even if I wanted a boyfriend, I, we, there's nothing, like couldn't go out on a date or anything. So, cause I was in ninth grade and he was in eighth grade when we met. So um, I actually thought his older brother was pretty <coughs> cute, but it wasn't like I was gonna do anything about that. Cause I was like, well, I, he's not gonna be my boyfriend. So um, Justin and I kind of ended up being boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, at that young age, when we were like 14, um, which really meant nothing because I couldn't go out with him or do anything. So um, that lasted for about five months, I think, or somewhere around there. And then I was like, well, I dumped her. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> she dumped yeah, me. I did. Like, well, this on is kind of pointless. So, um, and then it actually after. I think it was like my sophomore year. Um, I really wanted to start dating him again. And we were talking and my dad had gone out to Washington State where he had a really good friend that managed an apple orchard. And my dad went out to try <coughs> working with him and decided he was gonna move our family there um, and take this job. So I told Jess, I'm like, well, I'm moving across the country. And so we just decided like it was pointless to to try to date. So um, next thing you know, my dad had a falling out with his friend and we did not move to Washington. That for me was a big God moment. I know I didn't talk to you about that, but um, that was God talking to me that um, he was keeping me in Ohio to sort of like witness to my friends that weren't saved, I felt like at the time. Um, kind of like a second opportunity, like, well, this is pretty cool. I don't have to move across the country for my last two years of high school. Um, so I ended up dating Justin's best friend instead because he thought I was moving. So um, we dated for about two years and then he broke up with me uh, my senior year. Um, and then Justin and I started talking again after that. I don't know how far you want me to no, go No, you're with good. That. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> so Justin, kind of around this same time, right? Late high school, early, early post high school, you had something really unique happen, standing in a line, that ultimately led you to Life Change Church. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, I used to go to these uh, Christian <coughs> concerts. I believe it was in, like, Westerville. Do you guys remember that? The, the Rock Church that we used to go see concerts at? Anyways, I used to drive there in my little Cavalier with all my punk rock stickers on it by myself. Um, I was standing in line. I, I don't know, it was Five Iron Frenzy or... I don't know who it was. The W's. Somebody really cool. But uh, there, was a, there was a gentleman, a young kid in front of me, um, talking, and he was with some other guys, and told me they were in a band, and, you know, one thing led to another. Um, it, it, it was, he was a lot different than me. He was a lot more talkative, but that guy was DJ Thomas Ford. Um, so he invited me to uh, come play drums with him, uh, so I came in and jammed with a DJ and I, and, and preached there, Corbin, and, uh, they had me step aside, go back outside to see if I could join a band or not. So I went outside and skateboarded for a little bit and came back in and they, they gave me the, the, the drum spot, which I was horrible at playing drums. I was loud, um, and just beat them till I broke them pretty much. That was my goal. Um, but no, we, uh, we started, uh, 
you know, writing originals. I never played a band that, you know, did, tried to write their own songs, which was really cool. Uh, again, at this point, I had a friend that played guitar, so I didn't, I didn't know these guys for anything. So I talked to DJ, <laughs> this is horrible, um, about quitting the band and starting a new band without Corbin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shocker. So we, uh, DJ and I, I think after a show, quit the band and started the exact same band with my buddy John um, in the same place with the same music. Um, and I do apologize. We actually, yeah, <laughs> we uh, let Corbin rejoin the band today. So congr <laughs> congratulations. So uh, played with these guys for a while. Uh, we, uh, we made a small CD and played as many shows as we could. Um, but that's, that was a big God moment in my life, meeting these guys, because it's so crazy how, you know, we were 17, 18, I was a year or so older than them, that he's, he's my preacher now, and I pl still play music with uh, DJ. So it's just so neat how these little spots in your life where God works, well, you, you, can, you can go so long without him, but it seems like if you... You stay with him, they'll open back up and give you a second second chance, which I'm so blessed to play drums at Life Change. Um, when I first started here, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to dedicate my Sundays to, to playing drums, and I wanted to go out Saturday nights and party, and, you know, I didn't want to get up in the morning, but God... God had different plans for me, so it's um, it's been a big blessing, and I get to worship with my wife, which is amazing. Uh, I never thought we would, you know, be able to do that uh, because the church we originally went to, you couldn't play in the band unless you were in the choir or, or something like that. So we never had an opportunity to to play together. Um, but yeah, met these guys at a concert. One thing led to another. We started a band, had somebody retire from the band, and um, <laughs> and played. Played till uh, I left. Um, I quit the band and uh, you know moved on. So yeah. So then you got to decide what you're going to do with your life. Try college. That's not a fit. Oh, I know. The next best thing would be join the Marines. Correct. Right. So you yeah. go to the Corps. Yeah. So uh, again, my dad. My dad had a restaurant. Uh, I worked all the time. So I knew I did not want to stay in the restaurant business because I seen the toll it took on my father. Um, and just it's it's an endless hours and it's um, you know I, I didn't make a lot of money back then but enough to to buy you know the stuff I needed to get by um, so Rebecca went to college she was a year ahead of me so I decided um, I joined the Marine Corps um, well move back I, I went to college I went to college for one day <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went to college for one day and then um, I called my mom at the payphone because you know, we didn't have cell phones really back then. And I told her, I was like, this is not going to work. I was like, I, I, I struggled with school, not academically, but, you know, just fitting in. I was like, there's no way I'm paying to go to school. I was like, I'll, I'll do something else. So I actually drove home and I remember my dad, my dad was there and had a dad talk with me. Um, he's like, you can go to college and live here. Um, or it's, you're going to have to pay like 250 bucks a week or a month, or I don't remember what it was, but I remember it was something real ridiculous to keep me going to school. So, um, I think the next week I went and, uh, saw the recruiter. I had a couple buddies that joined the Marine Corps 
and I by no means look like somebody that was joining the Marine Corps. I'll never forget, he asked me if I was joining for the sign-on bonus, and I was like, no, he's like, good, because we don't have a sign-on bonus. So um, I joined right there on the spot, and he's like, when do you want to leave? I was like, tomorrow? He's like, hold on a second. <laughs> so um, I joined. I, again, I worked all the time, so I could never go to, like, the, the weekend, you know, warm-ups where they, they ran together before you went to boot camp. Um, I thought I was in pretty good shape. Um, little did I know, uh, going to Paris Island in July, um, I don't think I've ever ran a mile in my a mile and a half in my life until I got there, and I was blacking out and seeing stars. But they have a weird way of motivating you. Um, so the, it it was a great experience. Um, I graduated boot camp in October. Uh, Rebecca actually came to my boot camp graduation, and um, I came home and actually took her back to Berea, Kentucky, uh, to school. I had my 10-day boot leave. And then after that, I, uh, my father took me back to Jacksonville, North Carolina for my uh, school of infantry training. So. so then in tech school, find out you've got a medical condition, you get discharged, you come back home. Um, this, this is the first time you guys are really away, this college and Marine time. It was difficult in your dating relationship. Originally, you're like, ain't doing it. No, let's, let's still figure it out. Come home, get married. Rebecca, then you have to leave because you have to get your master's degree to teach. Talk about what got you through Justin being gone in the Marines, you being gone in Mexico. What was the foundation for that? Yeah, so actually, when we started dating right when I graduated um, high school, and I was like, I'm going five hours away to college. I'm like, this is never going to work. But And I know we don't necessarily have like some awful tragedy in our story like a lot of other people have experienced so we're very blessed um we've had pretty good lives um up to this point but i would say that just our long distance relationship for five years was a huge hardship that we overcame and um i thought it was never going to work um but through all the distance because he joined the marines and i thought i was done um, it felt really wrong to not be dating, even though we were so far apart. So we started dating again. I, I actually went the next semester to Spain to study. Um, that was my junior year. And then we ended up getting married pretty much right after I graduated college, like five months later. Um, and then, yeah, a few years later, I started my master's and I decided to do a program that took me to Mexico for two summers. So again, I was leaving and we had more distance um, as husband and wife at that point. Um, but I, one thing that we always, he always said to me and that always stuck with me every time we were apart was whenever, because we, we definitely were in situations where there was temptation to you know, do the wrong thing um, when you have a boyfriend or girlfriend or even spouse that you're so far away from. But something he always told me was, you have to put yourself in the other person's shoes. And that's something that always stuck with me, just like, how would I feel if this were him? You know, what decisions would I want him to be making if he were away from home um, so far away? So that was something that really got us through. Um, and then, of course, uh, our favorite Bible verse, whenever we want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so that you guys have huge. always believed from the beginning that God's perfect plan for your life. And how intricately woven you, the two of you have fun. 
14, 15, all the way through high school, through the core, through Mexico. Hey, this is God's plan for our life. Um, but Justin, while Rebecca was gone, you went through a little bit of a difficult time. Why don't you talk about that a little bit? And then what led to change? Yeah, so uh, when Rebecca was away, she went away for several summers. Um, again, I, I switched jobs at that point and had probably one of the best jobs I ever had. It was my first Monday through Friday job, so I had the weekends off. Um, so when she was gone, I'm, I'm a neat freak, so you know the house was always particular. But um, my favorite thing to do when she was gone is uh, I had a little drink station in my, in my uh, kitchen. I always did it the exact same way. One napkin, one straw cut, and I drink Jack Daniels. Um, I never thought I was addicted to it, but I drink it every single day. I think big thing was I was just I was lonely again. Um, I, you know, I was by myself. I couldn't I couldn't sleep at night. Um, you know, I just I I had a fascination for you know you know drinking half a bottle of Jack Daniels a night. Um, and I would go to the liquor store uh, probably every two days to get another one. But I became functioning. Like, you know, on my days off, you know, I, would, I wouldn't drink in the morning, but I would start, start very early. Um, and then I got to the point to where I'm like, oh, if I'm doing housework, I should probably have a drink of Jack. Oh, if I'm mowing, push mower. I know it's not safe, but I should probably have some Jack Daniels. So I would start drinking. I, I drink Jack Daniels all the time. When I went out with friends, um, you know, I, I drink Jack Daniels. It was a, it, it was a bad, bad time. I'll never forget. I didn't tell Daryl this. Um, I used to keep every bottle, uh, like I was in college or something. But I had them stacked in my whole garage, like like they were trophies or something um my dad my dad was not drinking at that point he's he was sober for many years and um he came in my basement one day and he told me um he even said he goes are these trophies to you and i was like they're pretty cool he goes well these are these are thorns um and right then i i think the next day i filled them up in black trash bags um and threw them all away um i kept drinking after that, just my dad always, I've always respected him. So when he says something, whether I, I don't like it or not, I'm still going to do it even as an adult, just because I wouldn't be here without him. You know, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Um, but, you know, several years passed and, um, you know, we were blessed to have Mila. Uh, she was born. Uh, I, I still drink, which was a tough time having a, a newborn and trying to, you know, figure out what to do, um, you know, as our first child. So I would, I would drink and be hungover and she would get up. Um, I just, I didn't feel like a, a good father and I didn't want to be a functioning alcoholic. I wanted, when she was born, I promised her in the hospital that, you know, her mom, you know, held her for nine months and I'm going to carry her for the rest of her life. And when I say something, I, and I promise somebody something, I'm, I'm going to stick to it. Even if I have a couple hiccups down the road, um, if I pray to God and, and promise I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it no matter what, no matter what gets in my way. Um, you know, so that's what I did. Um, it was New Year's Eve. She was six months old. We had some friends coming over. Um, I made this huge spread. Again, I grew up in a restaurant business, so I was pretty proud of it. And I think we had maybe four people show up. Because uh, I don't think they wanted to come over for New Year's with us having a, a young child. So that night I got I got pretty drunk. Uh, I remember I, I dumped everybody's drinks all over the table, and they were ready to leave at that point. 
But uh, the next morning, I, I was super hungover, and Mila was up early. So I, I went downstairs in the basement, and I remember I, it's kind of stupid, but I got on the scale, and um, I was just, I felt disgusting. I was, I was, I just was hurting my body at this point. Uh, I weighed like 235 pounds. So that morning, I remember I went upstairs and took a shower, and I prayed to God. I was like, I, I need, I need help with this because I can't just, just quit. So I prayed, and I never touched Jack Daniels for, for a long time after that. I've never physically bought a bottle. Now I've had some, you know, in the past. But uh, I got down to like 175 pounds, just quitting drinking. I didn't exercise once, but it just changed my lifestyle. And, uh, you know, at that point, we were able to start trying to find churches on Sundays again. And, um, you know, I was just, I was, I was a lot better person, I, I think, so. Yeah, so just yeah. in the interest of time, um, it was that moment, like between what your dad said and then remembering what you promised to your daughter, right. like I've got I've to make a change, man. Yeah. And so back focused on the theme of God's perfect plan, we're going to honor God in the way that we raise our family. You guys find life change. You've been here for a while. Rebecca, and just kind of as we wind down, I want you to share two things. One, what does it look like in your home? you know, dedicating yourselves and your daughter to godly lifestyle. And then two, if there's a central theme for your lives that, hey, when people leave here, what is it that you want them to know about the East Steps? Um, I think, I mean, we've tried to teach Mila, you know, just me being raised in a Christian home, I know how important it is from, you know, child, early childhood to learn the story of salvation and, um, just learn about the Bible and be in church. So we're super thankful that we found life change and that she's finally old enough where we can bring her and we don't have to worry about leaving her in the nursery when she was a baby. That was some of our hesitancy. But um, yeah, we just, you know, I think we pray with her every night. Um, We all take turns praying. So all three of us. So um, that's fun um, and interesting usually. Um, But I think just raising her um, as Christians, it's every, like, I think challenge that we face as parents and every challenge she faces in her childhood, like, you just bring it back to God. I mean, we just say, like, okay, we're going to pray for this person, or how can we be, you know, more kind and show others God's love and God's light through us? So we just kind of, I feel like that's so important to, to do, like, as a parent, like, you're teaching them about God and about Jesus and about the Bible. And um, she's able to come to church and have other friends from good families that are Christians that um, I think is just so important. Um, So I guess the theme we could talk about would just be like, to me, our story together is just about overcoming like any challenges that um, you face. Uh, We just always felt even if something didn't feel right to us necessarily, like I'm like, really, am I supposed to go this far away for this many years and still try to um, date him? And are we supposed to be together for a long term? Um, Just that we trusted in God and his perfect plan, his perfect timing, that he put us in the right situations at the right time um, and that he just got us through it no matter what it was. And that's still the driving force today, right? So you both serve in the worship team. Um, Rebecca, you teach at the high school. Justin, you work for uh, RV Place. Um, so know a ton of people just from the community, and it's still your driving force of 
We want people to know God's perfect plan exists. So cool. I want to pray a prayer, a prayer of blessing over you guys. Um, what can we pray specifically for the East Steps? Um, I would just say that we stay strong as parents, that we make the right decisions just in parenting, because it's hard. <laughs> um, just that we make a good Christian home, I think, for her, and that we're just uh, there for each other, that we're just good Christian spouses for each other. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for Justin and Rebecca. I thank you for their story. God, I thank you that they were willing to share it um, and to just proclaim your goodness and your faithfulness to them, even when they question things. Um, you, the Bible tells us that when we seek you, we find you. And I've heard that over and over in Justin and Rebecca's story. And now here they are asking to seek you again, to be... Um, a mom and a dad that honors Christ in the way that they raised their daughter. And so, God, I just pray that you bless them with the skills and the knowledge and the wisdom of how to raise Mila in a way that she won't depart. And, uh, and then I pray for their marriage. Lord, bless them. I love the story. Hey, think of what the other one would feel. Um, that's what you ask us to do is put others first. Um, and so I love that that's part of their story, part of what got them here today and, and part of what will get them through their tomorrows. And so I pray that you just bless their home, anoint them. I pray that people that enter their home will encounter Christ. We love you and we thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much. Give it up for Justin and Rebecca. Well, listen, as, as we wind down, I just I want to share a verse that uh, Rebecca shared with me when when I was at their home, and this is kind of their foundational verse uh, for their family, and it's Romans 8, 28, and it says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Nowhere in that verse does it promise uh, sunshine and rainbows, right? It doesn't promise everything's going to be perfect all the time. But what it does promise is when we take our hardships and we surrender them to Christ, that they work out. And so maybe for some of you in this room today, maybe some of you watching online, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't know what it's like to be facing the uncertainties that Rebecca shared um, and to have a source to go to and to pray to and, and for wisdom. And you don't know what it's like to have that plan for your life. Um, I wanna invite you to Christ today. Just like Justin shared, man, like I just got it. It was real and I know I wanted it. And I made that decision in the in the back room at that concert. That could be you today. In the seat back in front of you, you find a response card. You can pull that out and just mark on that. I want to receive Christ. If you're watching online, you can bow your head and pray with me in just a moment and Jesus will come into your life. There's also a spot on your response card for next steps. If God is speaking something to you today, an opportunity for growth in your life, you can mark that on that card as well. And then as you exit the sanctuary, you can put them in the box. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you again in Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray right now, if there's somebody within the sound of my voice that does not know you, I pray that you speak to them. Draw them to yourself. Let them recognize their need for you. And then I pray that you give them life today. Forgive them of their sins, Jesus, and bring them into your kingdom. And then I pray for those of us who are, are wa wanting to take next steps, Lord. Give us the faith and the courage to be obedient, to follow you into whatever you have next for us. 
Whatever the next step of your perfect plan for our life is, God, whatever will bring glory to you, I pray, God, that you give us the strength to do that. We love you. We thank you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Two quick reminders as you leave. Remember, offering in the box on your way out this door. And then next Saturday, 9 a.m., work closed, look up center. We love you guys. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.